Welcome back to Worst Seasons of the House. Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta coming to you from Split Rocks from the Aquarius Home Services studio on location here at Split Rocks. Uh, and we have a packed house here that apparently don't know that it's the Friday night before <laughs> July 4th because I was so worried coming up here that there was going to be like five people that show up and here we are in a packed house and you know, clearly there was a ton of traffic coming up 35, so we knew there was a place. Right, I, I knew that the show was going to be hard to find a seat at the show for sure. Yeah, that was a. I was a little worried there for a minute. I know. Yeah, first of all, you, there's no way you were worried. You did call me to let me know there was a chance you'd be late, but there, the chance of you being worried is zero because you don't worry about anything. Uh, um, but I was, I, I was yeah. concerned you'd yeah. be worried. All right, so I was worried because at six o'clock I texted your wife. And I said, uh, hey, just remind Anthony that has a podcast tonight. You know, you just got to double check, Brandon, because you never know if he's going to remember. Um, so he, she writes back at 610, I'll tell him he's cutting down a tree in the backyard right now. 50 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. I got done about 620, jumped in the shower, and then <laughs> came up here. Unreal. Uh, and I'm surprised you didn't have time to stop at Starbucks. Uh, well... So. That was a debatable stop, and then I was glad I didn't when I hit the traffic for a bit on the way up here. That would have been tough. <laughs> Walk, if I had walked in late with a Starbucks, it would have been tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, uh, Anthony, right on time, 6.59, walks in here uh, to, to the podcast. So, as usual, don't doubt Anthony's uh, timeliness. Uh, um, so, uh, again, thank you all for coming out. I honestly was genuinely worried on a Friday night. There was somebody night. in the room that bet against me. I hope, that, I hope you're buying dinner at your table because... Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for, every, than that by now. for coming out. We have T-shirts up here. What, what, what are you drinking? Uh, so it was a uh, iced, it was a cold brew, but then I finished it and I poured water in it. And now it's coffee-flavored water. Ugh. You don't want to let any of the XX coffee go off. Come on in, Brian. So, Brian's still sheepish. Brian and I played golf together this week, and I think he's a little sheepish about his game, so I'm surprised. Actually, I'm good to see you're upright, because I really thought we were going to have to call the paramedics at the end of that round. Yeah. Brian walked 15 holes of the round of golf, I think. Nice, nice. Out Come on in. Yeah, you guys were tailgating in the parking lot. You can interrupt the podcast. Um, so uh, thanks for everybody coming out. We have T-shirts up here if you ask questions. I will be doing a drawing at the end of the show to give out a, a handful of them as well. Um, our next live show, and uh, hopefully everybody listening at this will come on out to this, is Thursday night, July 6th at Elsie's in Northeast Minneapolis. Plenty of parking, and it's going to be an outstanding show. So as you know, on Friday and Saturday, the Wild are going to be hosting the Crazy Game of Hockey. It's named after the Crazy Game of Poker by the band OAR, one of my favorite bands. Um, they have this charity game, a weekend going on, where not only do they have the incredible concert with OAR and Corey Wong over at the Armory, but they're going to have a VIP event at Pantasia's in downtown Minneapolis. And then also on Saturday, the charity hockey game down at Tria. Well, on Thursday night, we're going to have a bunch of celebrities and guests from those uh, that weekend that are playing in the game come on out to Elsie's. And right now, uh, one confirmed guest that is coaching in the game is Eric Stolhansky, the actor, comedian from Super Troopers, Beer Fest, Quasi. Um, he is, uh, co he's from Minneapolis, um, and uh, we're gonna, he's coming on up for the game, and he's going to be coming on out. But we're going to have a wild alumni. We're hoping to have um, a bunch of other celebrities from that game come on out on July 7th. I'll be teasing that. I might even find out a confirmed list during the show. It is really in the final stages, and it's very exciting, the names uh, that we are going to potentially have there. Not only that, but Andrew Height from the Wild, uh, who everybody should know that it's a Wild fan because I've written about him a thousand times. Whitey, we call him. He's their uh, t director of team services. Um, he's going to be coming on out with ticket uh, giveaways and merchandise giveaways as well for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, so come on out to Elsie's on Thursday night at 7, and it'll be an absolute blast. Are you looking forward? Are you? I assume that you have some... Uh, some Oh, no, we're going to Europe. We're going so, to Europe. So yeah. Anthony does not have anything yeah, was, to do during I, that game. I will not have anything to do yeah. with the game. Right. <laughs> you and I will be on the same flight. but Actually, I'm going a day early. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah. then you won't have anything to do with the event either. No, so I'm, I'm leaving on Friday. You're leaving on Saturday, right, I think? Correct. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, it'll be a... a a fun, fun event and a fun uh, podcast, and that'll be our first July podcast again uh, on the on Thursday but, night. You so. know that we we go to a lot of those charity type events and celebrity hockey games and everything. I think this one has a different feel. Mm -hmm. I think this one is they've got so many other things planned, so many other pieces to it for the weekend that if you've ever if you're ever into those kind of events, 
this one would be the one to check out. Right. Um, if, if you're standing in the back and want to sit down, you're not distracting us. Feel free. Don't, don't be sheepish about that. Um, yeah, don't worry about it. Honestly, sit down. Uh, get comfortable. We're here for an hour. You don't want to be leaning against the wall. Um, okay. Especially so that wall. It looks like it could fall yeah. down. And, and the chance of uh, the one person leaning against it falling back right now is probably good. Well, at least we know that Brian couldn't make a <laughs> face print on it like he did on the window in Budapest last year. Oh, that was great. That was the first day. Yeah. First day of our trip last year, one of the people here might have walked into a glass window. And, and left uh, a face print on the glass window. <laughs> oh, man, that was funny. Um, so uh, how much are you looking forward? I mean, a week we're going to be in Sicily. Know, how crazy is that? I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. It's, it. I've always wanted to go. Um, I did a little checking into the cities we're going to visit. Um, really, it's going to be an awesome trip, and um, I can't wait to get there. It's, I know you have family roots going back there is the same with me, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, I was talking to somebody uh, with the NHL that's Italian, and he said that his dad is from northern Italy and had always a disdain for anybody in southern Italy, and he went to Sicily a couple years ago, and he came back and told his dad, you got it all wrong. Like, you know, that (laughs) is an incredible uh, place, incredible people, all that stuff. So that'll be a blast. All right, let's talk about the wild right now. Um, uh, where to start with them, you know, uh, let's start with the draft, obviously, uh, no trades, but there was really no trades league wide. Um, it yeah, was very that, clear. That surprised me. It, it was we unbelievable. We talked about it the week before where I really felt like this year there might be a lot of jockeying. In fact, I think we were guessing at how many of the Wilds picks two through in rounds two through seven, they would actually make or trade. And, and I thought the majority would be, Hey, we'll package these three picks to move up. There was none of that. There was none of it league-wide. I wonder if it was just because the draft was so deep that everybody had, I got six guys I like at this spot, yeah. so it doesn't. it's not worth it to me to try to move up. That's exactly what happened, and all the GMs talked about this. When they got to their pick, their, their guy was there, and they didn't want to move up, move, move back. I mean, it was very clear that the Wild uh, were trying to move up for a while, and uh, couldn't. I think my guess is that they were uh, trying to get Oliver Moore. Clearly, the Blackhawks uh, took him. What a draft they had getting Connor Bedard and, and Oliver Moore in the first round. Then it got to 21. They had, I think they had Gabe Perot first on their list, um, but he is an undersized winger, as unbelievably skilled as he is. Not a great skater, and they went position-specific, and the next center on their list was, was Stramel. And I think the thing with Charlie Stramel is the size um, is, is what, is what sold him. I, I think that, well, I don't think, I know that Bill Guerin pretty much gave an edict to the scouts that we got to get some centers in this draft and size would be preferable. They got the Kumpelanen kid there at the first pick on the second uh, round. And then, man, uh, the last pick of the second round, they get Riley Height, um, not related to Andrew Height, different spelling, not related to prospect Hunter Haight. That'll be a That'll be a fun line if you have height, hate, height, and height, height. Right, um, yeah. on, on the line. Uh, for, I, I would actually kill for that just to watch Anthony try to <laughs> delve throughout through There's bigger challenges. Yeah. There's some other names coming up in the system yeah. that aren't exactly going to roll yeah. off the tongue. Um, you know, but, we, we talked about this last week a little bit, and we had listened to Judd Brackett talk before the draft, and I think I brought it up on last week's show that one of the things that I thought was interesting was he – he gave a little bit of a sneak peek to that this year they were going to draft position specific mm-hmm. or be willing to. And so many times in drafts in any sport, you always hear guys say it's the best available. It's You take the best guy on the board, and then they'll always tell you afterward that we had this guy 15 spots higher than shocked he was available. But I thought it was interesting that before the draft, he said, we're going in looking for centers and size. And that I think it followed through that way and it carried through, but it was that was kind of interesting that he was willing to share that the week before. Yes, and the thing is, is that like Judd and 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 Bill Guerin admitted it's not often that you ever get them admitting that they actually skip somebody on their list to go take a player. Um, but the one thing I will say is um, this was not Bill Guerin flexing his muscle and forcing his director of amateur scouting to take a player that he didn't want it. Want. The Wild have liked Stramel all year long. They loved him going into a draft where, you know, going into this, uh, into his college year, there were a lot of people that thought this kid would go top 10, top 15. Obviously, he had a very tough year his first year um, getting at, at University of Wisconsin. But a lot of that, there's, there's lots of reasons for that. One, the team sucked. Absolutely brutal. And that affected him, clearly. 
Um, the other thing is, like, two years ago, he lost his father. So he's got a lot of stuff going on in his life, personally. And then, obviously, the team just, I think that, that you have to take that context into the year that he had. But if you look at him the last couple years in playing internationally, playing in the program, this is a good player um, that they're hoping that one could bring, be, bring some physicality. Now, I talked to Marco Siki the other day, and he looks at him more as an offensive support guy. So the hope is that, you know, he'll find that offense. And, at, you know, at a minimum, he's going to be a third-line center, which is par what you would get at 21. That is tr the tradition. Um, but if he finds that offense, he maybe get the top six center there. Yeah, I was, I was curious after they had picked him. And I hadn't heard his name mentioned much mm -hmm. heading into the draft. So I went back and looked at last year, right after the draft, there were articles written about first guess at next year's draft class. And it, I don't even remember who wrote the article. But at that time, he was projected to be a top 10 guy. Mm -hmm. And so that did follow through. It wasn't, that isn't just a team saying, like, we had this guy rated much higher than what our pick slot was. You know, I, I think it's, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know much about him, and I didn't watch him play much. I did talk to a few people that I know that covered college hockey a lot more closely than I did about what they saw in him last year, and they said, well, one of the series against Minnesota, he spent the whole series in the penalty box. So it, I actually it was, was at that game. Were you? Yeah. And he, they said, so it was hard to tell, but they, they spoke more highly of him than than what some of the statistics would say. Yeah. You know, and, and the one thing that I always say is, like, give the kid a chance. Like, there was so much, um, you know, uh, um, I, I don't even know how to, like, this is the worst I've ever seen in terms of reaction to a pick via Twitter that I've ever seen in terms of negativity. And I just, again, I don't know if it's because... You're not one to just throw negativity uh, it, I mean, this, this, was, this was unbelievable, yeah. Anthony. I know you don't well, pay attention to this, but... Um, you know, like in 2011, there were a lot of Wild fans that were pissed off they didn't take Duncan Siemens, and they took Jonas Brodine instead. Like, let, like, let's give the kid a chance here and see what, he, what happens to him. I think there was a lot of people that were just – I think there's multiple reasons for this. One, they, a lot of Wild fans really were hoping for Oliver Moore. You can't just snap your finger and move up. Like, I love the people like, well, they just could have moved up. Yeah, I mean, that just doesn't happen. You think Bill Guerin didn't try? Um, the other thing is, I think it has to do with the Badgers, uh, you know. Um, yeah, maybe. I think it just has to do with the lack of numbers. I think everybody yeah. just assumes that this team has been searching for scoring for 20 years. There was a guy that was a bigger scorer available, and we ended up taking a different player. And, yeah, I mean, think about how many years that's been the case. There was... Yeah. There was talk even last year or two years ago, the, should they take Cole Caulfield? The year they took Jewel Erickson Eck, it was Brock Besser. I mean, almost every year it's been, there's been somebody who statistically looks like the shinier object and they've gone the other way and, and in many cases wound up with a better all-around player. This kid is an athlete though, top five in five categories at the combine and not just, just strength things. Um, and, you know, I know there were, there were, like, there were some Wild fans pissed off that they didn't take the Swede, uh, David, I think David Edstrom is, but he went 32 to Vegas, and there were three centers taken after Stramel before him. So clearly, uh, you know, 11 other teams also didn't look at that kid as being the next one. So theoretically, that would have been a reach as well. So, um, you know, I, I, I just think let's all be patient. I never, ever, ever uh, get up in arms uh, about guys that are taking that draft because none of us really know. None of us really watch these guys. I mean, maybe more people know this kid because he's local and they watch him at the University of Wisconsin than a normal draft pick, but I would just uh, tell everybody to, to, uh, to just chillax there. Um, the rest of the draft, again, they took uh, the Kumpelainen kid um, at, at the first pick in the second round. They took Riley uh, Height. Um, they took a kid named Kalen Parker, uh, defense uh, a defenseman. They took Jimmy Clark, the kid from Edina, as well. And, and uh, they Pionk's took Aaron Pionk, exactly, yep. his uh, younger brother, who just a year and a half became a defenseman, had incredible numbers in the USHL, and he's going to UMD. So we'll see how this draft class uh, turns out. I accidentally, by the way, called him uh, Neil Pionk's son on Twitter, and as you know, everybody was forgiving. Um, uh, I, I took it as, I mean, it was, fun, it was so funny that even, like, people at the Wild Draft paper, paper table were like sending me chirps um you know uh so uh, you know you just got to take it i didn't delete the tweet i just figured i'd take the criticism um but trust me i know that obviously neil pionk doesn't have a son that was drafted in this draft it was just a slip of the writing um and you know I, at the time i was just writing about darby henderson and beckett henderson so just son was in my mind um
Well, that's a pretty cool deal, too. Yeah. I, t- I texted with Darby a little bit Big leading time. into the draft, but also afterward. And his son's really a tremendous kid, and he's a good hockey player, too. And, and I did have a ch- I had a chance to go watch him play this year when we were in Detroit and had an off night. We went up and watched the U.S. under-18 team play, which – you know, we saw a whole pile of those guys get picked in this draft. Really a talented group, and, and Beckett Hendrickson's a good player. I was excited for their family, and it was a cool moment to see them on TV. I asked Darby why he wasn't flexing when the cameras were on him, because that's not really Darby's normal MO, MO, or modus of operandi, but um, it was good. I, I was really excited for him. And Great line from Bill Guerin when he said, talking about Beckett Hendrickson, he said, uh, you know, going to the Bruins, he said all Minnesota kids want to go to Massachusetts. Um, the other sweet thing about that whole thing, and I just, I mean, it's one of those things, I don't know, I just love it because I know the relationship between the two, but how about Andrew Burnett, the coach of the National Predators, and his wife sitting with the Hendricksons the entire, you know, stressful day too. I mean, that is, yep. until you hear your name, you're just like, oh my God, are they going to, you know, it's, it's a stressful right. thing. And, and everybody's got the projections yep. for where you're going to go, but there's no guarantee. No, exactly. And, and a lot of times you've got agents, so I'm hearing this team's going to take you or yep. you're going to fall somewhere in the third, fourth, fifth round, whatever. Well, there's a lot of guys who are told that who end up sitting all night not hearing their name called. Definitely. Uh, we'll talk about the draft a little more and just uh, more so the stuff that I was doing there because that's always more important. Uh, you know, just a fun time in Nashville, as you can imagine. Um, uh, but let's get to the other news of the Wild uh, the last couple days. First of all, I talked to Kevin Epp today, uh, Ryan Reeves' agent. He confirmed what I had been reporting the last three or four days that Ryan Reeves is going to market, which means that other than the two kids, that the two guys that they re-signed today, minor leaguer Zane McIntyre and uh, Dakota Mermis, so far all their unrestricted free agents are going to market. The Wild had no conversations with Matt Dumba, John Klingberg, Gus Nyquist, and, um, and Oscar Sundquist. Did I say him? He's the other one. Um, the other thing, though, is that they didn't qualify Sam Steele, uh, who becomes an unrestricted free agent, and also Mason Shaw, who becomes an unrestricted free agent. In terms of Sam Steele, that is somebody that I could see if he goes to free agency, doesn't get what he wants, if all of a sudden they get into free agency and he came back and was willing to take a one-year deal at 800 or something, maybe the Wild consider it. Mason Shaw is the interesting one because the Wild just right now um, they were gonna, you know, they were thinking about LTI. They were thinking of qualifying him and things like that. And what they decided to do is that since there is no guarantee with his health, and he is not going to be ready to even come back three, four months into the season, they just decided to essentially punt it, not tender him a qualifying offer. Um, technically, he is open to be able to sign with anybody here this summer, you know, both in North America or Europe. But clearly, I think it would be hard for somebody to sign him because of his injury. But then when he comes back, if all of a sudden he is ready to play, um, you know, I think the Wild would do right by him and either give him an NHL deal at that time or an AHL deal. Yeah, I, I know they'd like to see him back in the organization, but, you know, that's part of the business of it. There's no question. Didn't they sign Nick Sweeney today, too? Yeah, Nick Sweeney's their uh, first RFA that they re-signed. Yeah. So I, I, the one thing that's still surprising to me, and the Reeves thing doesn't surprise me at all. We talked about that. His exit press conference gave you every glimpse you needed that he was not willing to just sign here for a, a smaller deal. He wanted to go see how much he could get. I just the, the whole Philip Gustafson thing still has me scratching my head, and I, I just, it's bad right now. And I gotta believe Billy. You and I both know Billy Garen well enough to know he's got to be getting close to the you know what, there's the door, buddy, and I'll trade you for whatever I can get, and I'll grab somebody else. And it, it wouldn't shock me, and I don't know, I haven't talked to Billy specifically yeah. about this. It wouldn't shock me if we saw that happen. I mean, this is a guy who's really putting the organization in a tough spot yeah. by not knowing what that number is yeah. heading into tomorrow. It's affected everything this offseason. It, it's really, you know, like I, I am all for players trying to get what they, what they feel that they deserve and agents fighting that, but they have, he has really put this team in a bad spot. But I don't, the one thing I, I don't, like last year when I was, when Billy and I had that big thing at the, uh, when he and I had that testy back and forth at the draft to Montreal about Cam Talbot, it was because I was writing that basically he might have to trade this guy, that this is BS. And, um, and then eventually he did. This one, I don't sense it just because of the arbitration lever that both sides can pull. And that's where I think that there, that is, I think that's what's going to happen here. If they don't get a done, deal done in the next five days, on July 5th, either Gustafson's going to choose arbitration, which then the Wild could choose a one- or two-year award, or if he doesn't choose arbitration on July 5th, then on July 6th, 
the Wild could bring him to arbitration and, and they could choose a one or two year award and then they have time to negotiate the contract up until a potential arb date where you know you're gonna get it done. And that to me, if the Wild are convinced that his arb number would be in what they're willing to pay, which would be in the low threes, I think that they'll just be fine with that, take him to a one or two year deal and, and get it. I don't think he's at a point where he's gonna trade him, but to your point, there like Billy's gotta be just pissed. I mean, sorry for the kids in the back. Brandon. Sorry for the kids in the back. And yep. sorry for Brandon. I just added 20 minutes to his day right. tomorrow. Um, Please note again, Brandon, yeah. it was Michael who yeah. required you to go back and do editing, not yeah. me. But, I mean, in, in, in truth, I mean, this is like there, there is a finite number here. And, if, and both if, sides know yes. it. And Gustafson knows it. His agent yeah. knows it. And I, the, and I haven't talked to Gus about this either other than the day after the season was over. But I, always, I hate when the – and I'm with you. Players, get the best deal you can get. Mm -hmm. But you also have the ability to tell – your agent works for you. Yeah. You have the ability to go to them and say, I want the best deal you can get, but I want it done by June 30th because mm -hmm. I don't want any animosity to bleed over into my teammates. They all know that this is hurting the team. Get it done. And the best deal you can get on June 30th, take it. Or – Look, I know that they're limited for numbers, so just let's just take this and go. And Gus has the ability to do that. So the guys who stand back and say, that's my agent, I let my agent handle that, that's a cop-out. Yep. They have the ability to get a deal done. And, and I do think there are times where this carries over into a, uh, it's, into a season, yeah, into, totally inside a room, yeah. among team, with team chemistry and, and everything. And else. again, I, I've, no, I've covered this league for a long time. I get it. I, there is always negotiations to go on with any free, any restricted free agent. But this one, we know the number. They have $7.2 million to get three guys done and add to their team. That is Gustafson, who's going to get half that. And then you have to still get Duhame done. You have to still get Addison done. And then you do have to bring in another player. And, and like I, I think they still got to sign one NHL forward this summer. Maybe it's Steele. Maybe it's somebody else. I do genuinely believe... They were going to identify Corey Perry and go hard after him on a minimum contract and give him a bunch of bonuses. Um, and now he got, just got trade, his rights traded to the Chicago, and they resigned him at a one-year deal of $4 million. Um, but, by the way, again, to the parents in the back, I apologize for the F-bomb. Um, uh, I'm just looking at these two yep. innocent kids back. Um, I know you've never heard the word. Right. Um, They've but, for sure never said it. Yeah. So, um, like, but, like, you know, to me, like, they can't even sign Dewey yet until they know that number. Like, I think, technically, on July 1, I could see them sign two-way guys, but not sign, partially because of this, an a NHL player tomorrow um, to a one-way contract because of this very reason, because they need to know his number before they can block in Dewey at his number and then make probably Kalen Addison take his QO at 850 um, and, then, and then sign a player. And it just it has affected the summer. It has totally hamstrung what Bill Guerin has had the ability to do not only this month, but in the next couple days. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, next up, uh, what's next on the list? Uh, so we talked Mer Dakota Mermis is resigned. I, I think he's going to be the Iowa list. captain. I made for the first time ever. I prepped. Um, I didn't really prep. I just made a list. You should share the list with me next time. Yeah, I know. Uh, mention steel. Mention stall. Stall. This thing. I must. It must be a typo. I have no idea what this means. Um, I don't think they're going to sign Stahl. Yeah, uh, Steele. Shaw, that's who I meant. Okay. Um, so, like, the rest of the summer is going to be, I think, slow. I think they're going to wait and go bargain shopping, um, you know, things like that. I, I just, I think that that's, they're going to let everything, kind of the dust settle the next couple days, let people make some mistakes, then have some players sweat, and maybe you can get some bargains. Yeah, this is an interesting free agency year, though, anyway. It, out of all the years to have no money, this is a good one. Yeah. Because there really isn't much out there. I, I, as you look around the league, there just, there's not, I don't think there's bargains to be had for guys that are going to make an impact in the NHL. So maybe this is a good year mm -hmm. to be the team waiting till July 5th to make your deals and, and sign guys that are left over. Right. And I realized what my typo was. Uh, uh, it was well, I'll just say that uh, the Wild are extremely close to hiring 
uh, their assistant coach, and um, that'll happen in the next couple of days, I believe, maybe even on... Yeah, Billy uh, said it the other night. I yeah. know who it is. I can't tell Yeah, you. yeah, and I know who it is, and I can't tell you either. Um, but uh, I will tell you that this person will run the power play. He's run really good power plays in the last couple of years, um, has, is a youngish coach, um, and, uh, you know, played at a high level uh, professionally, um, and has coached the last couple, uh, you know, four or five years in the National Hockey League. So, um, so that'll happen in the next couple of days as well. Questions? Anybody want to come on up and start uh, bringing it? Otherwise, we're going to start talking about all this fun stuff I did in uh, Nashville. I want to tell everybody about Aquarius Home Services, and I've been telling you about them for years here on the show. And Connecticut Water, uh, Connecticut water tree, uh, Systems are designed to tackle the toughest well water out there, and Minnesota can have some pretty nasty well water. Eliminate orange rust staining, get rid of any white scale buildup and bad odor, smell from your water, and get that great tasting drinking water right from your sink. You will see, feel, and taste the difference that the non-electric Connecticut water treatment system and drinking water system make in your home or cabin. And everybody's going up to their cabins these days, except for me. I need to get one. Uh, my friends over at Aquarius Home Services, Connecticut, offer a free water analysis. Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recommended. Just give them a ring and they'll come out and do their your free water analysis today. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. And don't forget to mention Russo sent you. Anthony, tell us about Moe's. Well, Moe's, as we talk throughout the hockey season, a great place to go while you're there for a hockey game at right at Fogarty Arena. The Ice House there is a terrific spot to watch hockey, but it's also a great place to watch hockey on TV by heading into Moe's. But you can go there during the summertime, too. It's a great place to watch a ball game. If you're out at a Little League park or a softball park when your game is over, stop into Moe's for a great dinner on the way home. Terrific sandwiches, uh, solid pizza menu as well. You won't be disappointed. It's a great spot, conveniently located in Blaine, right off of Highway 65 at Fogarty Arena. It's Moe's. It's a great place to go on a summer night to watch a ball game. Open a 5.25% annual percentage yield 15-month certificate from Royal Credit Union. Open now at rcu.org slash certificate 525. Early withdrawal penalties could reduce earnings and principal. APY accurate as of 6523. Insured by NCUA. I don't know if we should allow Andy on uh, mic tonight. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so I'd like to know what you think has changed in the last two weeks with Kalen Addison. When we were here 30 days ago, you said you thought almost certainly they would deal him. Mm -hmm. And then they didn't move up in the draft where he might have been used as a piece to do that. There's still John Merrill sitting out there who I'm personally not excited about. They're not bringing back Klingberg. Uh, where does Addison fit? Is he just a cheap alternative? Is he a cheap number seven? Is he no, insurance gonna, in case yeah. they can't find... A bargain I think John Merrill is going to go into the year as, uh, as the number seven. I think uh, Kalen will go into the year next to Goligoski. Um And uh, what changed is their – their, I mean, I think personally think what changed is that they had a price in mind for him, had to be a second-round pick or better, and they scratched him 30 games at the end of the year. So everybody else was looking at that and saying, well, he wasn't good enough for Minnesota. Are we really giving up a second for this kid? Um, and when they didn't get what they wanted for him, they looked at it and said – who's our best alternative to run the number one power play, Jared Spurgeon or Kalen Addison, and they think it's Kalen Addison. So I think that's, that's clearly what happened. And even if they start the season with that, I don't think you'll see anything different than what we saw last year, that if, he's, if he doesn't produce more five-on-five five and he doesn't defend better five-on-five, five, he'll wind up in the press box for the last 30 games of this year too. And it, he's got to start to produce. He's got to show it. And I think what... I know what I felt. I think it's what we both felt is that there might just be a team out there that thought that valued him higher than what the Wild did, but they weren't going to give him away. He's a valuable commodity. They weren't giving up on him yet. They weren't just going to throw him to the scrap heap. And, you know, sometimes I remember we, we had similar conversations to this about Matt Dumba for about four years where it was, you know, yeah, if you... And, and people kept throwing things out like, well, why wouldn't you just trade Dumba for a number one? Well, nobody was offering a number one for Matt Dumba. And nobody was offering anything close to that. So then it doesn't make any sense to force a deal. And you wind up keeping him. And then Dumba ended up the last year really turning a corner and I think becoming a more complete defenseman. But there were times in his career where everybody was talking about a one-dimensional guy, offensive guy that turned the puck over too much. And, and there just weren't teams out there willing to give 
what it was worth to get rid of them. And, you know, similarly to your question on Duham, like Duham is a name that did start to get talked about the last couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, like, are you really, like, I bet you he could have gotten a third-round pick for Brandon Duham. Are you really going to trade Brandon Duham for a third? He's a good player. You know, and, and, you know, he's physical, he's fast, he can score. Um, you know, if you get him at 1-2 on a one-year deal or something, I mean, that's a good, like, you're, what are you going to do? Who are you getting better at that price than Brandon Duham? I mean, that made no sense to me. So I'm glad that at least right now they've resisted uh, that move. You mentioned Dumba, actually. Uh, let's do a little ode to Dumba. I mean, I know that we've both uh, at times been critical of him throughout his career, but the reality is is that he's been a lifer here. Um, he had nine lives. He overcame two expansion drafts, a gazillion trade rumors uh, invented by the play-by-play guy. And, um, and uh, you know, and... and, you know, and a good citizen, a really good citizen in this, uh, in terms of uh, philanthropy, I mean, you know, pulling over to help people stranded on the side of the road, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. And, um, and, and a well-liked he will, teammate. And he a was, well-liked was, Everybody inside yeah. the room loved him, and he was a leader, he was a, he was the energy guy, he was, he was a lightning rod for criticism at times, for sure, and Dean Evason would be the first guy to tell you that, the, he, there were times this year he might have set world records for turnovers, and he wound up in a press box because of it a couple times. But, boy, turned out to be a, just a high-quality guy. And uh, think about how long he was a part of this organization. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know he was sad. To, he knew it was over when the season ended, but it was, he'll, be a, he'll be a tough guy to watch in another uniform when he, whenever the Wild weird, cross yeah. paths with him. Yep. Question. <laughs> Speaking with Dominic, two questions. Uh, Dumbo, where do you think he goes in term and money? And then the other one is, uh, what do you think of the buyouts today, specifically to Shane? Uh, Trotz came out of the uh, gates firing today. Yeah, no, yeah, no doubt. Uh, that was a surprising one. Um, you know, he's suddenly the best center on the open market. Um, Wheeler, same thing, was bought out today. A couple other surprising ones, Yamamoto and, and players like that. Um, in terms of Dumba, I'm, you know, I, I think he's going to get paid four and a half, five million probably. Um, Carolina's one team that has shown that I think is interested. Um, Edmonton makes sense. Um, I think Carson Soucy's going to Vancouver, so he's out there. Maybe Seattle. Um, I know Arizona has interest. Uh, Detroit might have interest. Um, you know, I, I think there's uh, some teams. Uh, He's, he's going to get paid. He's going to have his pick, and then it's going to be just... And there's some cities that have a natural tie yeah. for him. Edmonton, obviously, one of them, and the Arizona as well. He's, I know he spends a lot of time down there. He's a, he loves to golf and wouldn't be surprising if he wound up in a, in a spot like that, although it seems to me like he'd be the type of guy that would rather go somewhere where he thought he had a chance to win. No doubt. And, and yeah, I don't think that he would get excited playing in that building as much as it maybe it would make a lot of sense, and they could probably pay him. Right. Um, yeah, it's gonna be, it's, it is going to be interesting what's going to happen there. I could tell you one thing. Uh, Winnipeg has long had an interest in him. Is he going to go up there? I don't know. But Winnipeg has had long interest in him. And, um, you know, he, and, uh, he might consider that. I mean, it's freaking an hour and a half to, to Calgary from there to see his How family. How about the return Winnipeg got in the Pierre-Luc yeah, Dubois? Really good. A ridiculous amount yeah. of return. Um, absolutely, yeah. I think you and I both are in agreement of what we think of that guy. Eight and a half million for a 63-point guy that doesn't have a heartbeat. Right. I mean, it's just... Uh, um, yep. I, 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 my heart palpitates more than his heart plays during a game every time a Wild fan asks me if they, if they should go out and get him. Um, I'm, just, I'm just not the biggest fan of him, um, you know? No. I'll probably regret no, that. No, and it'll be interesting to see where Wheeler ends up. You know, he was a... He went through a lot of different phases during his time in Winnipeg where he was a, looked at as a, as a good guy in the community, uh, had good relationships with the media for a while. Then all of a sudden he was a, a contentious guy and he, took some, he had felt a lot of heat when the team didn't play well. It really has had a tremendous career. I know there were some people saying, you know, would anybody have interest in Wheeler around here? And there's just there's no way the numbers work. But the Duchesne one is interesting, too, because I think it's a – there's probably some similarities there to the buyouts that happened here in that you got a guy who's been a – throughout his career, been a high point but less than dependable type player. Mm-hmm. And a, a guy that has been an underachiever 
largely, I know when he was in Colorado, they were talking about how he was going to be the, he might be the most skilled out of the bunch, out of all the guys that they still have. And there's a reason why he's the guy that's been bounced around and now bought out. Barry Trotz clearly has an idea of what type of team he wants to be, and Matt Duchesne's not it. Yeah. Question from the crowd here, and Wild Road Tripper will love this one. Uh, what, are the, what are the best road trips uh, next season? Um, have you had a chance to look at the schedule yet? Yeah, yeah. there's a few. There's, um, it depends. You know, there's a couple of the good ones are back-to-backs, which is unfortunate. The, the Florida-Tampa swing is back-to-back. So it's uh, it's Tampa. How about Vegas on Super Bowl Sunday? That's a pretty good one. Yeah, and we go to yeah we go Vegas to Phoenix, Mm -hmm. and where we're we're in Vegas on Super Bowl Sunday, which that could be fun. And we're off the day before because we play a home game. I think against Pittsburgh here on a Friday night, and then have Saturday off and uh, Saturday and Sunday off, with Sunday being Super Bowl. But we play in Vegas on the Monday. Yeah, that one's good. The there's a Western Canadian trip that's, I think, five cities late in the year. Uh, yeah, that, it, so it goes Chicago, Colorado, then Vegas, San Jose, L.A. Oh, no, the yeah. Western Canadian. I thought there was or, a, There's one in December that goes Calgary, Vancouver, Edmonton, Seattle. That's the one I was thinking. Yeah, um, that yeah. one. I, um, um, the one I like is, I'm not on the trip, is Tampa, Florida, Carolina. That's always a good one. New York, New York, Buffalo. Uh, Philly, Washington, Jersey. Uh, that'll yeah, be a fun Pittsburgh one. Pittsburgh and Boston is a back-to-back, yep. you know. So, yeah, there's some good ones. We only go to Dallas once, which is disappointing. Yeah. I would disagree. Yeah. Um, I love Dallas. Not for yeah. the team, it isn't. No, no, no. I, lo- I just love – we're talking about road trips, not team, not opponents. So am I. Yeah, and I, uh, I love going to Dallas. I love the area. Yeah. There is a Wedmit, uh, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Seattle one. I don't know if that's the one no, you were talking was about. No, yeah. it was the first one you yeah. mentioned. What's your uh, you, you this, so this is Wild Road Tripper on uh, Twitter. He's been traveling with his beautiful missus back there for ever, going on road trips. What's the ones that you're picking out this year? My missus just retired today. Oh, nice! Congratulations! Yeah, thirty-two years in community education. That's awesome. Oh, nice! Congrats! Uh, Tell trips. me that you're going to do something ni- cooler than just go on wild road trips. Oh, nice. And yep, then, we're so going to, then we're going to Italy. Oh, very cool. Naples. Yep, yep. And then maybe a day trip down to Messina. Nice. Take the ferry across from uh, Reggio to, Cal- to Calabria. Nice. Very but, cool. But uh, the road trips that we're doing this year, as far as I know, my wife really wants to do Toronto, Montreal. Mm, I'm on that October. one. That's the first yeah. one, right? That's the first one. Yeah. Will we see you That's in Union a good Station, one. Toronto, in the first class lounge? In the what? Say that again? In Union Station, Toronto? I will. Well, Toronto to Montreal, probably, I would think I'd fly. We do that. have two off yeah. days, though. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of wondering if Maybe the team we go, stays yeah. in Toronto after the game and then goes to Montreal the next day because it's a Saturday game in Toronto and a Tuesday, Tuesday. game mm. in Montreal. If they do that, we should go up to Montreal. It's again. possible. There's a chance Margo's going to be on that trip. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Everybody There's also another co- good trip yeah. uh, that, that's St. Louis first, but then it's good L.A. Question. and Anaheim back-to-back, which I always recommend to fans that that's a good one to take because yeah. it's only one flight and you can catch a couple games while you're yeah. there. What's the other ones that you're doing? Um, you said thinking, Stockholm. Yeah, Stockholm, of course. And uh, we're thinking of the Florida turn. Okay, Joe's on that one. And then um, how did Joe get that one? <laughs> he's, he's from Tampa. You get, well, I, I know that. Part of the deal of him moving here was he gets Tampa trips. Oh, okay. I'll never be on that trip. Unless they go to the Stanley Cup final and Florida goes to the finals, I don't think I'm getting a lot of Florida trips for the rest of my career. Um, the second Nashville to St. Louis. Uh, I am on February that one. 29, yeah. March 2. And then uh, maybe the uh, Chicago, Colorado, and... Uh, Yep, he's on that one. Yeah. And then it goes to California. California, yeah. yeah. What's your question? My question is about your article the other day on the Arizona Coyotes arena situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you obviously have looked into it enough that you have some idea. Where do you think they ought to wind up? 
Well, I think the perfect location was Tempe. Um, you know, I know they're looking at tribal land. The one thing that they've learned their lesson on is they're not going to do anything that requires a vote ever again. So they're going to basically get uh, privately, you know, either tribal land or, or uh, private, you know, air, private play, uh, uh, real estate to sell them. Personally, uh, that. And personally so, I like that shopping mall. Yeah. With the water and sewer that could handle 18,000. You know, yeah, seventeen thousand people. You know what's funny? That if what you just said though is like I was reading up on the whole landfill thing where they were thinking of putting the thing, and the last article I found was like landfill could be toxic. They they were like legit. They, this wasn't just like made up conspiracy blogs. This was like news channels in Arizona saying that there's a lot of thought that this area that they're going to build this arena on could have. Yeah, could be, but the arena yeah. deal that got voted down yeah. was an it was. A, I can't believe that anybody that really understood what they were voting. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't, them. and it was going to be completely right. privately funded. It was like it's all insane. privately yeah. funded. Yeah. Like uh, I think it, I, I I personally think that a lot of it has to do with just what some people down there think of the ownership of that team. Yeah, and um, so you still I, think they're going to get it done and stay I, in? The I Phoenix personally area. think they're moving it to Salt Lake City. Yeah, I I, I, I do. Too. I just I I think they're working their ass off to try to get this done. But I think they are. I, I think that they, Ryan Smith wants a team. The league is clearly looking at them as more than a backup plan, and um, and he. Uh, but they don't want to burn up Houston because they think yeah. Houston could be an expansion yeah. site. And I honestly think the next expansion cities will be. At, you're going to throw up when I tell you this. I think one's going to be Atlanta. Atlanta and Arizona. I think that if Arizona relocates to Salt Lake, I think in four or five years if they get their they're gone, so I can say that. If they get their shit together, sorry, Brandon. Um, uh, if they get their stuff together, that they honestly, uh, that it, they would go back to that market. Maybe. Well, and Gary Bettman's been determined yeah. to make Arizona work. Yeah. And is conv- but I, I just think that you've got Houston and Atlanta are two huge cities that don't have hockey, and the way the game is expanding in, in the U.S. right now, they both make more sense than Quebec City. Mm-hmm. And, and Salt Lake City seems like one that, would be an easy move from Arizona there without having to realign the league or anything. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I can see Atlanta in the northwest suburbs, like in the same complex yeah, as in like Alpharetta. Truist Park. Yeah, it'll be it'll area. be it'll be more north than there. It'll be in Alpharetta. Yeah, it'll be yeah. out in Alpharetta. Yep. But you know, I mean, that north side of that northwest mm-hmm. side of Atlanta is just yep. exploding. It just yep. is. No, trust Houston, me, I know my whole family lives there. In Houston, the current owners of the arena where the Rockets play wants hockey. Yeah. Which is a 180 from the old owner. He didn't want hockey at all. Mm-hmm. He'd care less if he ever saw a puck again. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, both of those would be good. Um, I'm not so salt Sold on Salt Lake City. Yeah. The Vivint Center. I'd be where, fine if it was in Park City. The Vivint Center. Well, of course, Park City, yeah. But <laughs> right there the on Vivint the mountain Center in downtown Salt Lake, that was built at the same time as the Target Center. Yeah. So you'd have to do a lot of remodeling in order to get that. Yeah. Well, I think they've done a lot ready. of that work, um, and I think they'll continue to do it. I don't disagree with you, though, that, uh, that it is, it's a little odd. Um, but money talks, you know. Um, any other questions? No, sir. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> I wanted to tell everybody that it's summer and the weather has been great. Well, other other than it feels like you're inhaling a chimney outside. Uh, but you know what that means. The summer selling is here. Be proactive and take action today, even if you're not right, quite ready to sell your home because you want to be better informed and ready to move forward when the time is right to sell your home. That's why I'm directing you over to Chris Sindel's Real Estate Guaranteed Cash Offers. They're amazing because the market is competitive and they are in the home buying business, so their offers need to be really, really strong. More people are moving again as interest rates have stabilized. Sell your home stress-free with a guaranteed offer from Chris Lindahl Real Estate. There are no showings, no decluttering, no repairs, and no stress. It's the easy way to sell your home. They keep you in control so you can sell your home fast. You can pick your closing date and move when it's convenient for you. To find out what your guaranteed offer should be, go to chrislindell.com. There's no obligation, or you can call 763-401-SOLD. Again, chrislindell.com or 763-401-SOLD. Close with confidence and start packing. Terms and conditions apply. 
And here's a word from Bosch Law Firm. Hey, hockey fans, Jerry Bosch here again from Bosch Law Firm and WorkCompExperts.com. If you're injured at work, it's never too soon to contact the lawyers and awesome staff at Bosch Law Firm. We'll answer all your questions, help you set up your work comp claim, and help you select professionals who will be there to help you, not the insurance company. And with almost 30 years of litigation experience, if your benefits are denied, we'll fight to get you paid. Bosch Law Firm. The call's always free and there's never a fee unless we obtain benefits on your your behalf. Call or text us at 651-333-8300 or visit us at workcompexperts.com. And we're heading into the grilling season. Playoffs for NHL hockey always mean that it's time to get back out on the patio. And I have people asking me all the time about restaurants and other cities and, oh yeah, you're going to Dallas, they got great steakhouses. And I always just tell them, I don't eat steak on the road very often because I love the steaks that I make at home, so I try to find other restaurants in these cities, and big reason for that is the steak selection at Kowalski's, and I've talked about the Akaushi cuts a lot, but the last time out, we went and got the their 40-day-aged USDA Prime ribeyes. They were terrific. Another thing to, if you're in the mood for burgers, check out their pre-made patties, their short rib patties. They are terrific. The only thing, there's some fat in them, so you'll get a little flare up and flame up on your grill. So you got to keep an eye on that so you don't char them too much. But they are as tasty as any burger you'll find. Check them out at Kowalski's. If you're going to have a great night out on the patio, you got to start with the best pure ingredients. And for that, there's only one place to go. That's Kowalski's. Um... Let's see, what else? Let me tell you about the draft. Uh, draft was crazy. This So the second draft that I've covered there, I've obviously covered the 2017 uh, Stanley Cup final there, and man, does Nashville put on a show. It's, it's, it was honestly like nothing I've ever seen before. The, the bars, as you know, Tootsie's stage, Honky Tonk, like Broadway was I've mayhem. I've never heard of any of those spots. Yeah, I know. It was mayhem. Um, you know, uh, one place Wasn't that I went to NFL last... the NFL draft just in Nashville I'm in not the pos- last couple of years? I'm not sure. For some reason, I thought I remember the NFL yeah. having something yeah. there. But you'll like this. Uh, you know where I went last night? I know you've been there. In Printer Alley, your jazz yeah. club, Skulls. Well, I've been there. My favorite one is the... Uh, is, act- is That's not my favorite spot. In Printer- okay. Printer's Alley's my favorite spot, but it's the... Uh, what is it called? The Boogie... Uh, I'm going to draw a blank. Uh, yeah, name, I, but- I passed that yesterday, yeah. but I... Popped into Skulls, and it was pretty cool yeah. happening jazz I, Well, that's my yeah. – I, I, I like those yeah. spots so much better than Broadway. So we had uh, – Athletic, we had like 70 people uh, staying at, the, at a hotel in, uh, in downtown Nashville. It was just incredible, all athletic there. Um, but everybody, anybody know uh, the comedian Burke Kreischer? He kind of looks like you. You know Burke Kreischer? He was staying at our hotel there. And he, uh, so I saw him two or three times, so I got to chat with him. I listened to his podcast. He's a comedian – um, kind of barrel-chested, and he always is on stage not wearing a shirt. Just had a movie come out, too, uh, that I think bombed. Um, but uh, but uh, interesting cat, and he's got a whole entourage that travels around with him, so that was fun as well. Um, trying to think what else. Oh, so uh, so that was Monday and Tuesday that I chatted with him. Tuesday night, I go into the Palm uh, to have dinner with somebody from the wild, and I get there a little early. First of all, I'm walking. So we had a PHWA meeting, Professional Accurate Association. We had an after party where I drank moonshine. So I was feeling pretty good. I'm walking down to this to the Palm. I run into Stu Barnes and Jody Hull from the 96 Panthers. And Jody Hull on that team, no offense to any Panthers that are listening to this, and I know you all do, was like my favorite Panther to deal with. I love that guy. And so it was the first time I saw him, like 20-something years. They own the Tri-City Americans. I go over, this is hilarious, I go over to the Palm, I walk in, I'm waiting for the people that I'm meeting, and uh, first person I see at this booth is Coley Campbell. And I go up to him, start chatting with him, and all of a sudden I just hear this guy go, you don't say hello to me? So I'm like, so it's a four-person booth, I'm talking to Coley, I hear, you don't say hello to me, and I look down, it's Gary Bettman, sitting right across from him, and I ignored him for like a minute with like my hip in his face, basically. And, uh, and so that was embarrassing. And then, uh, and then of course, I'm having uh, dinner with this person from the wild, and he, B- Bettman comes up at one point and just goes kissing ass to the media. So it was, it was pretty funny. So I was just getting heckled all night from, uh, from Bettman. So it was a fun trip. I mean, you know, those things... Those things, when you go as a writer like myself, it's more it's less about the draft and it's more about like all the things that you can like you know networking, talking to GMs, scouts, trying to learn stuff that's going on in the league. Yeah, no, it's well. Anytime you get all those guys together, it's for us. We do the same thing 
for TV guys, when we go out to the NHL broadcast meetings every year in August, September, and you get a chance to hang out with all the, the producers, the directors, the other play-by-play -play guys and, and color guys from around the league, and it's more that than the actual seminars that guys like Coley Campbell or Gary Bettman put on to, to explain rule changes or board advertising or any of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. It's more just the nights standing around the bar talking to the other play-by-play -play guys who have the same life you have, but you, you cross paths with them twice yeah. a year. That's uh, my favorite part of that of the draft are just kind of reuniting people. Like Ray Whitney, re re reunited with him. I just actually had him on one of my other podcasts earlier this month. But seeing him in person for the first time in years, in that arena, he scored the first ever goal uh, in that arena in a one nothing Florida Panthers win against Nashville in 1998. Still the best lead. I, it's the only good lead I've ever had. It, so it's one nothing Panthers win, third period breakaway goal. It was the worst hockey game ever. Like if it was on Twitter, I would have just been railing on it all game if Twitter existed back then. So Whitney finally scores a breakaway goal early in the third period. And my lead that night was if that didn't kill hockey in Nashville, nothing will. And I, I feel like I've never had a good lead since, uh, so it was, it was pretty funny. What do you think of uh, what the Blackhawks did this draft? I mean, uh, you know, not only getting Bedard and Oliver Moore, but uh, they make the trade for Taylor Hall to support yeah. uh, Connor Bedard. I like the Taylor Hall. And then trade. the Felino deal. I'm telling you, I think that Felino and Perry were two guys the Wild were going to look at, and they get them both at four million, way more than market value. But it's genius because at the deadline they're going to trade them both. Right. Like it's it's yeah. it's I, genius. The Hall. Addition, I think, makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Who better than to take a guy under his wing than a guy who's dealt with all the pressure? Won the heart. And yeah. as a number one overall pick, though. Mm -hmm. And then also, yes, did go on and win the heart. So he's had some success. He can still play. I think that one made a lot of sense. The the other two guys, yeah. I mean, they look they're they're clearly just guys that they want to. If they have any impact on their up-and-coming yeah. guys right now as veteran guys, great. And both, I would expect, to be traded at the deadline and, and continue to allow them to rebuild their prospects. And I bet you the Wild would have done a sales pitch on trying to bring up Perry here. I think that was Perry or Foligno to try to get him and sort of be in that replacement of, of, uh, of Ryan Reeves. I, my gut says that Felino probably would not have come because of just, you know, you, you still, like Marcus is going into the last year of his deal. How do you handle that if they're together? Um, uh, but Perry would have made a lot of sense. I still think they're going to wind up extending Marcus. Uh, there's such a, an affinity uh, that Bill Guerin has yeah. for him. And um, I think he'd want to stay here. Mm -hmm. and It'll be interesting what happens with the Wild the next couple of days, though. I think they're going to sign some two-way forwards. Uh, the one guy that keeps on just jumping out on the page to me that makes a lot of sense is Vinny Letary because he's a right-shot center and wing that scored a ton in the, in the minors, has NHL experience, and, uh, you know, fast, skilled, and, you know, somebody that could even maybe make the team out of camp. That, I just think that he adds a lot of depth. I, I think that they probably uh, go after him tomorrow. Well, and the way he's done it over the last few years, he's signed deals that were bigger AHL yeah. numbers. He's, I think he's like the highest paid AHL player like right. in history. It's his, I think his number last year was like 550 guaranteed or something. It was, it was a high yeah. number. But he'd be a guy that when you look at how many times Minnesota tapped the Iowa Wild last year for a guy, why not get a guy that has scored more to come up and give you a boost from that from that spot. I, I like the idea. I have no idea if it's possible or not. But yep. Question. So does Taze stay in Chicago then? Um, I I don't think so. I, I don't think he's going to play. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, Kane's going to be the interesting like where he goes. Um, I think Taze is probably not. Yeah, I think he's probably not playing. Question. Uh, Michael, for somebody who's as wired into the personnel around the league, general managers, coaches, minor league assistants. Give us a candid assessment of how Billy and Judd are viewed around the league. Are they people they like dealing with? Are they people they don't like dealing with? Do they think they're in over their head? Do they think they're really building something here? What do you hear about our front office from people around the league? Well, I think that, I mean, they're extremely liked and respected. I think that right now they're in a tough position, just like all of us know that they have no money. Other GMs know they have no money. So I think Billy's phone doesn't ring a ton. And I think that's torture for him. But, but there's just, you know, people aren't wasting time because they know it's very hard to make deals here. Um, but they, I think, are know that when this team gets out of uh, their cap hill, that, that, it, that really the sky's the limit. I mean, they are, they are going to be extremely 
aggressive when they get out of this because that was the plan. Like for Billy to go and sell to Craig Leopold that they were going to buy out Parisian Suda, there had to be an end game here. And it just can't forever be, you know, we're going to build and build. And, like at some point you got to pounce. And so in two years, I mean, I guarantee you Billy's looking at that free agent list and trying to figure out who he can pluck from other teams. But in terms of respect level, I mean, Billy's, Billy, I mean, Billy's loved by yeah, other GMs. Yeah, and this is a less than scientific analysis, but nobody gets their back slapped more than Billy Guerin when he walks into an arena anywhere in the league. Yeah, Everywhere we go, people know him. He played, with, he played for half the teams in the league. And everywhere <laughs> he walks in, there's guys there slapping yeah. him on the back, shaking his hand, and it's everything from the you equipment think one, guy yeah. to the usher yeah. to the – you name it. They, and Billy knows them all. And, yeah, I mean, you, you know, again – uh, very few GMs would have gone up on that stage and thanked Tootsies for keeping everybody hydrated. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, I can tell you, you know, I can name a couple GMs that definitely wouldn't do it. Um, we're going to wrap up the show soon, so if you got any last call for questions, uh, here we go. Don't be shy if you have questions. You drove all the way out here. I know somebody that drove from Mankato. Uh, so you put in an article and you said on the radio also. Uh, where does the Yurov steam for center coming from? Because uh, Judd Brackett told me that uh, point blank that they think that he could be a center yesterday. Uh, he told me that yesterday. Um, so yeah. So it, uh, and that that's the thing. I mean, just you know, another thing. Uh, I'm glad actually to, to wrap up the show in a bow. Um, let's go back to the beginning. I mean, the one thing about getting Stramel and and um, and Kump Kumpalainen, uh, I'll get it eventually. I'll um, have to be able to Kumpalainen. Yep. Um, and, and height, and then you have Huznadinov and Yurov and Bankier and Rossi, you know, they have now this sort of potpourri of different types of centers, you know, speeds, Hunter hate, speedsters, elite guys, size, and now they obviously, you're not, I mean, they're not going to all play here. Eventually, some are going to have to probably move around, maybe move to wing, be traded, things like that. But now, just like their defense, where they have, you know, Spachik and, and Masters and Hunt and O'Rourke and Parrott and Johansson, all these guys, um, Addison even, you know, where they're going to be able to sort of take a pick of the litter, they're going to do that same with the centers. And that's part of it. So I know that, again, as Wild fans, you're all looking and you, you, there might have been other, you know, centers that you liked more than them, but they were also taking a look at their, what their current prospect pool is and they didn't want to take another undersized center because they have who's not enough. They didn't want to take another average-sized center because they have Hunter Hayde and Daniil Yurov. So they wanted to go size, and that's just the way they're doing it. And, yeah, did they skip over maybe somebody on their list? Yeah. But I can tell you, as good as Gabe Perot is, um, skill-wise, and it's shocking to me, by the way, that he's not a center because I covered his dad, and his dad's like the best face-off guy in history, Yannick Perot. Um, but he's a winner, and he's not a great skater. So if he doesn't make it in the top six as an undersized, poorly poor skater, not going to play. So I think they just took a a flyer on the fact that, that they're going to be able to develop Stramel into a really good thing. They trust Mike Hastings in Wisconsin. They trust the fact that last year Wisconsin stunk so that they're just going to get better. So any other questions or wrapping up? Going once, going twice. We'll do the drawing for the shirt right after this. Uh, again, uh, July 6th, uh, Thursday night at Elsie's 7 p.m. Eric Stolhansky, the... Uh, uh, comedian and actor. He's been in a bunch of movies. Uh, he'll be uh, a confirmed guest with us starting at 7 p.m., but we're going to have a wild alumni. We're going to have uh, two or three other celebrities that are in the crazy game of hockey that are going on Friday and Saturday night. So July 6th, definitely come on out to Elsie's, but pay attention to my Twitter account and Joe Smith's Twitter account the last couple, next couple uh, days as we'll be promoting exactly who's going to be there. Um, definitely come on out there. Um, and we'll be doing a podcast from Sicily as well. That's always fun. We did one last year. That was hilarious in uh, Prague. Right. Um, so, uh, and we'll be sending that to Brandon as long as we have good Wi-Fi. I assume they have Wi-Fi in Sicily. I'll send you the times where you have to bleed out what Michael says. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Any, oh, I thought you had a question. All right. Thanks for joining us here at the On Location Aquarius Home Services Studio here at Split Rocks. Uh, thanks to our sponsors. Uh, of course, all the Tuttle's restaurants, uh, Aquarius Home Services, your installers of Connecticut Water Treatment Systems, Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, Moe's Tavern, Royal Credit Union, Chris Lindahl Real Estate, Bosch Law Firm, and Kowalski's. Talk to you on Thursday night, everybody. Thank you. So much coming out, there's nothing going in.
but the world won't forgive a winner. Please note again, Brandon, yeah. it was Michael who yeah. required you to go back and do editing, not yeah. me.